0: Welcome to the Marketeers Podcast, your go-to source for insights, inspiration, and innovative strategies in the world of marketing. Join us as we delve into the latest trends and strategies through in-depth interviews with top professionals. Whether you're a marketer, entrepreneur, or simply interested in learning more about the industry, our show has something for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get started.
1: Hey folks, welcome to the marketeers. You know what started from taking your phone and recording a video and calling it a blog, to everything that we know as influencer economy today. And during these times, if you're someone who's creating content or someone who's consuming content all day, I think you deserve to know everything that goes into content creation. And to talk about that, we have Pranita, who's a marketer, designer and an influencer. I'm pretty sure along the conversation, we're going to explore everything that goes into content creation.
2: was thinking that this is something that everybody knows.
1: That is something out of the ordinary and you'll be like okay what is happening
2: and it was so interesting to watch because i was like oh my god i've never seen this kind of a thought. Ever.
1: will you choose mantra or amza
2: i'm done <laughs> i don't have anything to teach you
1: i need to entertain you now hey pranita welcome to the show how are you
2: thank you so much i'm doing very well <laughs> this is very funny
1: yeah it's actually very very funny once again welcome to the show when we spoke about content creation when we last spoke so our team got together two facts and uh, we did a kind of research of what is this content creator economy is all about and we wanted to understand its depth so we have i have a few facts for you i'll just read it out for for you we have 600 million smartphone users in india and these users spend 2 to 4 hours per day consuming the content and there are nearly 1.5 lakh influencers you know, and content creators in India, an influencer who has a decent amount of following will earn about nearly 6 to 10 lakh per month. And if the followers in is in a millions, then the case is completely in the crores. That being said, there are 46 crores of Indians consuming content on a daily basis. And this content creator economies is expected to reach 100 billion within 2025. These are the numbers what we have. So first of all, what do you think of these numbers?
2: Um, so one thing that I, like when you said 6 lakhs, right? Now, there are two kind of influencers who are making that kind of money. One is who have like a million following, correct? So they'll charge about that much for one project itself. Then you will have the lower level influencers, like like in the mid-level influencers, who will do multiple projects. Now, with what happens with the high-level influencers is only a few brands are able to reach out to them and afford them. Right, tomorrow, like nobody wants to... Not all brands can, you know, uh, spend 6 lakhs on a video. A lot of brands have that as a monthly marketing budget. It's it's not, you know, everybody's cup of tea.
1: Yeah, I think you are an insider, insider and you're the right person to ask this. Just my curiosity got spiked. So, how much do you think uh, a bone bum might charge? Or uh, a Ashish chanslani might charge? Because I was talking to one of the, you know, content manager, uh, you know, very big firm, so I don't know if this is the right number or wrong, but he said to me that one Borm, on an you know average, he charges about eight to nine CR for a yearly based contract. I'm actually quoting less than what he told because the number was unbelievable for me. That is actually equal to what an average movie star makes in this film industry or better than a CU at least. So in this case, I think this is one of the, this is one of the reasons why many people are, are wanting to get into content uh, creation industry. That's obvious, obviously there. But what is the case with medium range influencers like you told, or people who are starting with? So looking at these numbers, they might be like, you know what? I'm going to be a one bomb, or I'm going to be an uh, assistant Sulani. But how is how is that going to work?
2: These are baby steps. You also have to look at. The years or the decades that they've spent making no money. People only look at like the final phase. So, when you're on level 1, you can't look at level 10 and decide or see how you're doing. So, you will, so for example, when I had say, I'll I'll tell you about myself, right? When I had 10k followers, um, I was charging somewhere around 6 to 7,000 a reel. That goes on my profile, Okay now i have 20000 followers i charge anywhere between 15 to 30000 depending on the the complexity and the amount of time that i would have to spend on the concept and the reel etc etc right so now at 20000 if i'm able to make say say on an average 20000 a reel even if i'm doing uh, say five reels a month that's 1 lakh by the way five reels is a very generous number people don't there, there are in there aren't enough brands reaching out to every creator because there are too many creators right so i'm saying just on the in the best case scenario possible i'm saying you're making a lakh right with my years of experience i would probably be on a salary of anywhere between 2.5 to 3.5 at the moment if i were still working as in a job and not quit and you know did my own thing this is approximately what i would be making so if i am Suppose I was making say two and a half to three and a half in my job and then content creation has started giving me one lakh, it would be easier for me to quit and say, okay, I'm going to adjust in this much money and just do it. But you still have to see that I'm making a compromise. Tomorrow, if I start charging five lakhs a reel, you can't look at that and be like, oh, she's charging five lakhs a reel, great life. But you've not seen the decades that I've spent without any money. Right, where like so 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 say a Bhuvan Bam used to play in Moti Meher. He Used to play music there, right? He would play. I think apart from Tuesday, he used to play all days. So and in that time he was also in college.
1: And the amount of struggle.
2: Yeah, all of these guys have done right. So we don't see that, and we only go to, like you you also don't see now when you look at for example a Nawazuddin Siddiqui, right? You look at him as, oh, he's doing Hollywood, he's doing Bollywood, he's doing da-da-da, all of that. But you don't see the number of years that the guy has spent just going from audition to audition, not getting anything.
1: Yes, yes. So, what is most important is, getting inspiration is fine, but carving your own journey and carving your own niche for yourself is most important in these days.
2: Absolutely.
1: And not just by getting inspired by the consequences of, uh, you know, somebody's action, because I call success a consequence of what you do and these are just the results, and what we tend, you know, tend to do is that, looking at the kind of results that are getting, we tend to be like, oh, shit, why should I not do this, but there are, in other cases, there are people who are like, who genuinely want to tell something, who genuinely want to create a good content for people, and coming to your case, you know, when did you feel that, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start making reels, I'm gonna, tell something to people. When was that exact moment and point you mean that you have to go on social media and do all the stuff that you're doing today?
0: Uh,
2: So it started out in phases. I started creating advertising content when I was working in an agency, when my ideas weren't going forward and I was just frustrated and I was like, I need a place to just do a brain dump, right? Um, Once that happened, after that, I realized that The knowledge that I was taking for granted, which I because I come from agency experience, I was thinking that this is something that everybody knows. This is nothing special that I'm I know that I can tell people, you know, but when I started hiring for my company, when when I used to tell these guys, their minds would blow. And they would be like, Okay, what have you what have you told me today? And I'm like, Okay, how many other such people are there? So I started figuring that out. Once I did that, I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot take anything I know for granted." Because um there there wasn't like for example, when I was starting out, I didn't have anybody to to handhold me or to show me the path or just tell me the tell me the different options that I have. So basically I I was a professional orphan, you know, in that sense. And I through my journey my entire this thing was that anybody who knows about me should never feel like that they should never feel like they don't have anybody who can guide them professionally because most of our parents still don't know um, enough about the media industry to be able to guide us
1: now you have built a 20,000 family such you know for yourself and congratulations on that
2: thank you so much
1: how did you feel when the when the results started to show, we you know, when, you know, obviously when we, when somebody posts 1,000 viewers, a big amount, then there is 10,000, then there is 50,000 and the number keeps growing and growing. So when you see such things, how, how was your feeling when you started to see the results of, you know, all these years?
2: Um, most of the times I discard it because my imposter syndrome takes over and it just feels like luck. Um but sometimes I consciously now do this where like from the past six to eight months, I'm, I'm consciously doing this where I Google how many people like show me 20,000 people sitting in a room or show me 20,000 people sitting in a stadium, which makes me feel like, oh my God, if all these people were sitting right in front of me, I would go crazy right now, which is just like a, a way of motivating myself. Where I'm like, okay, brother, this is a big deal. You've worked very hard. So, one thing that, you know, creators are doing constantly is that they keep see- they keep showing it as this is very easy. Because we are only showing one side of our lives, right? You're not seeing me when I'm crying, sitting, you know, sitting in front of my TV, eating an entire tub of ice cream. You're not seeing that mad woman. You're only seeing the happy chirpy coming on the camera.
1: You're scratching your head because you're not getting the idea for the next one. There is a lot of uh things go goes on behind.
2: Yeah. And you and you never you never show all of that. So it looks easy. It looks like, ah, oh, she has a great life. She's getting paid for doing what she likes. What else does she want? But they've not seen the the number of times, you know, I have Say, for example, cried before I wanted to quit my job. The kind of things that I've gone through to realize that I'm unhappy with where I am. So, because we make it feel easy, it feels like anybody can do it. She just has the time. I, I don't have the time right now. Otherwise, if I had the time, I would beat her any day. It looks like that very easily. But I feel like it's this is something that even you you are telling yourself. You know, it's not just that people are thinking this. You're also telling this yourself. So it, it's good to sometimes just sit back and look at everything that you've done
1: that's actually one way of uh, you know reflecting on everything that is there and right now when people are creating many things and few people are complaining it's like I'm video to achaabanaaro I'm doing a very good video I'm doing everything that is there I'm putting all the efforts but algorithm is not liking me for some reason and uh, you know some something is blocking me in the in the platform and there is there are these number of reasons that we hear. But in fact, is what actually matters is the consistency what you keep up with. I'm pretty sure that nobody will get, you know, 10K or even 1K in that case. There has to be a you know, proper consistency. But what these people have to say, or many people in that case, is like, yeah, Algaran doesn't like me, dude. So is that the case?
2: Not at all. One thing is, there is no, nothing as shadow band. There is no, no such thing. The shadow banning does not exist on Instagram. Think of it like this, right? There is a platform where if you create more content, you will tell your friends and family. Those friends and family who might not have been on Instagram will now be on Instagram. Isn't Instagram's entire business having a lot of people on their platform? What do they get from shadow banning you? Why would they do it? There is no there is no reason we what happens is we don't want to take ownership that I failed. So it's almost like for example like if a marketing campaign didn't work you would be like you know on that weekend that movie was releasing that's why my campaign didn't work. No you did wrong targeting your ads were bad you did not apply enough brains you did not have the correct insights that's why it's failed. So I'm. Again, at this point, I'm not saying that Instagram is not random. A lot of times it it's very, very random. But the thing is, what as a creator, what you have to try to do is build your own network. Today, I know that there are people on my Instagram. If I die today, I can name 20 people that will come to my funeral from wherever they are in the country. So. And that's only because of the value that I provide to them. How nice I am to them in their DMs. Whenever they try to talk to me, it's never like, oh, you you don't talk to me. I, I don't have time for this. I'm never like that, right? So, it's all about them thinking of it as, oh, she, she gives me value. She's adding something to my life. Hence, I want to interact with her. So, that's your goal. Once you create that 20, right, it will grow to 100 in no time without you even knowing these 100 people.
1: You kind of nurture it with uh, all everything that you have. And also, when we speak of uh, content creation, I would definitely always tell everybody that we have to uh, respect the consistency. There is, you know, a value add and there is authenticity involved and the kind of discipline that is involved in even in a, such a creative job like content creation. And do you think it's really important that we have a set of system and discipline even for crea- even for such creative and fun job like this.
2: Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's a job. So when you're looking at it as somebody who works in a traditional 9-to-5, you look at it as, oh, content creation is easy, content creation is fun, you don't have to do anything. For a content creator, it's it's like any other job. They have to think of their audience, they have to think of the results, they have to take care of the outcomes. So, the consistency that's there is very, very important because people are expecting. So, today if I now the pattern that I have set is that on my channel, if a video or if any piece of content does not come at 10.30 10, in the morning, it will come at 6.30 in the evening.
1: You have schedules for that, right?
2: Yeah. I I only post on these two timings. Yes. And every day.
1: So, in a way, you sort of have a system for yourself.
2: Yeah and you have to create that for yourself you can start with once a week also but people should know that on tuesday at 4 pm dikshit puts out a video
1: yes yes that's actually a good thing i think even uh prajakta goli does this yeah i consume a lot of content and i will be i will watch all forms of you know interesting videos out there reels out there and everything that is there and now i'm like i want to create a content you know, a video or something in that case. But when I sit in front of my laptop or, you know, when I want to, you know, actually write a script for myself, there is this blank page. And as you call it, the blank page syndrome, you know, hits it. So how does one, you know, overcome this and, you know, sort of write a good script for themselves? Because essentially, for a video to be good, a good good script is the most important factor.
2: So divide it into days, okay? So today, if you're not feeling it, just do referencing. Look at what other people are doing in all niches. Forget about your niche. Do, do it if you are create if you're a musician, see what a dancer is doing, see what a makeup artist is doing, see what a baker is doing. You might get a format from there which might just be very interesting to you, right? Just save all of those references. Write down to a script tomorrow. So tomorrow, when you're actually sitting with a paper, it's never a blank page. You already have something to bounce off. So, you already have something where you can start from. Once, you do, once you're done with that, day after, start shooting. Before shooting, just take a quick look at your script. You will get some edits in your head, which you will be very easily able to do on camera. Day 4, you edit. So, if you divide it like that, now you can also do multiple videos in this. So, people say that batch create content, you need to break down the batch creation process also. It doesn't just... See, saying that make six videos in a week, like on a Monday and then schedule it through the day is very, very easy. But making six videos is is not a joke. It takes a lot of time and effort. So if you break down your batch creation process, it becomes much easier for you. What will happen, what that will do is the next time you think of creating content and the next time you think that I need to create now what you will remember is the easier part of things. What you will remember is, it was very easy to script it, it was very easy to shoot it. But if you do everything in one day, um, the next time you want to do it, it will feel exhausting and you wouldn't want to do it.
1: Yes. So when you sort of, you know, develop this content and you sort of build your page, right? And then the question is, how do I capitalize on this? How do I make money from this? How do I start making a living? So in a way, making you know, capitalizing your skill or your art form is something of a big challenge in these days. So how does one, what kind of perception that one has to develop uh, for this problem?
2: Um, so first is you have to be very authentic with your audience. If they believe in you, you're golden. If they think that, if Dikshit is saying this, he might just be right. You know, you always have that one friend in the group, now. where if, for example, for different things now, like for relationship, there'll be one person. For tech, there'll be one person. So if I ha- want to buy a laptop, I'll call this tech person and I'll be like, bro, which laptop should I buy? And whatever laptop they recommend, I'll go for it. Because I believe in them. I know that he has no he has no reason to lie to me or give me wrong advice. That's the kind of relationship that you want to build with your followers. Once you have that, it's you can start teaching them what you're doing. How you do things, right? You can sell courses. You can sell live webinars. Like I have live webinars that I do with people—fifty people, thirty people, twenty people. Every time the turn up is hundred percent. Whatever, um, like I've gone till fifty people right now.
1: So how do you sort of, uh, basically how do you sort of capitalize on that grounds? When I recently saw your, really, uh, and where you speak about, you know why so much of uh, so many aspiring content creators are not creating content and it almost it, it was almost heartbreaking for you to know the reason do you think there are emotional barriers do you think there are insecurities or what do you think that first one has to overcome one question and then how do they actually solve these practical problems
0: um
2: so for i i took a workshop recently, right? Where the entire thing was that if you're a content creator, if you're some if you someone who wants to start creating content, come to the workshop. I don't have anything to teach you. We will just speak. This will be a Q&A for two hours and you will sit with 30 other content people who want to be content creators and at the end of the session, we will create one video each where I will give you the concept. I will edit edit it with you live and you have to post that. So that's the workshop, right? Now, I spoke to these guys in the workshop. Their biggest problems were, what will my friends say? I like singing a lot, but I don't feel confident enough, right? The first thing that I told them was, nobody cares. You are building a world that is self-centered. You're thinking of it as, Oh, if I put up a piece of content, people are going to tease me for two hours and then whenever I sit with them, this is going to be the conversation. The attention span that we're dealing with is less than that of a goldfish. We do not have any attention span. So people will forget whether it's good or bad. But if you don't start creating, if you don't start from your first bad reel, you will never get to your 100 good reel. So, that is what, and it comes from a very deep-rooted sense of insecurity. Uh, you know, that I'm not comfortable with the camera. I said, okay, don't, forget about the camera. Forget about it. We will do non-camera reels. I will give you 20 examples of non-camera reels. Let's do those. There was one person who came to the workshop. Oh, what beautiful video she created, Dikshit. So basically, she's, she wants to be a cook. Okay, she wants to be a chef. And she said, I want to do that, but I don't want to do this facing camera. So I told her, okay, you remove yourself from the camera and you start doing reels that don't have your face, right? What she did was, now imagine this is, this entire thing is the frame, right? She kept her hand like this and she started, so when she wanted to speak, so she started doing expressions with her hands. And this is the frame. And it was so interesting to watch because I was like, oh my God, I've never seen this kind of a garden.
1: That is something out of the ordinary and you'd be like, okay, what is happening?
2: Yeah, and she created this reel on camera with me. So the idea was that I'm going to give you 15 minutes. Uh, just freshen yourself, freshen your face up. This is the concept Make a reel right, right now. And all of them, by the end of this session, the entire takeaway from the session, main takeaway that I also had and these guys also had was that they were like, when I, before I came to this session, I felt like I'm the only one feeling this. But when I saw 30 other people going through the exact same problem, I realized that I'm not alone and it makes me feel much better. Five of them, right after that workshop started creating content, they've gotten gigs. Of content creation. Because I run an agency. So I keep getting those offers. So I was like I don't have the time. Or you don't have the budget. Give it to these guys. They have become content creators for brands. When they didn't want want to start.
1: See that's that's the power. When you overcome something. You know uh, as an obstacle for yourself. So many of the times I feel that. We are the biggest obstacles for ourselves. And we have to overcome that. And only by doing that. I think the rest of the world will accept first basically you know ready to accept yourself and your flaws
2: yeah and you'll become comfortable sooner than you think I never thought I'd be doing reels, you know uh, on camera telling anything or you know doing any of that but it is very liberating when you think that this is also something I can do
1: yes so when once you overcome these you know uh, stages of you know emotional insecurities and personal obstacles then there is obviously the practical stuff that you have to deal with and one of that being how does one completely leave their you know nine to five job and completely jump to content creation and there is this obviously the journey and the phase and everything and you i think you have done it for yourself and you completely started on your own and how does one should look at this process and where should they start from you know like you know completely they've stopped this and they're completely into content creation
2: um so see now I'm not a full-time content creator right I have my own advertising agency so I run a branding and communication agency where where the main bucks come from yeah. This right now if you speak to me I'm also in the journey
1: Yeah if I have to rephrase it basically when yeah when you have to completely start on a new venture like this where you're your own boss and where you have to make the decision and that at that having said any reper- uh, repercussions that you're going to have or any consequences that you're going to face, you are 100% liable. Whether you're starting a venture, whether you're doing anything on your own, even if it's in content creation or you form a complete agency or that. So on this journey, what are the few things that one has to completely stick to, whether it's discipline, consistency, or whether it's having a system for you and your business? How does this journey and the process start from? Where does, where does uh, this thing
2: so it first needs to start with a very strong sense of responsibility because earlier I could like before I started the business I could just be like and eh, today I'm not feeling like going to work let it be one day salary I'll lose I'm fine with it right I can just be like I don't feel like showing up today I'm not gonna show up today. Now I realize that I have people in my team whose bread and butter depend on my showing up. If I don't show up for a meeting, I know that it might become difficult for me to pay their salaries. That sense of responsibility has to be very, very strong. Like that is something that you just cannot do without. So, And that will have to be complemented with work ethics. If you want a break, then you have to manage it. You have to figure how you will take that break without affecting the 15 other people who work with you. In content creation, a lot of creators work on their own. So they don't have uh, full-time teams. Like even the biggest of creators don't have full-time teams. They hire freelancers, say this is a project, you do this project with me and we are done. Right? Um, The sense of responsibility that has to be there has to be one towards your audience. If your audience feels like you are taking them for granted, you will lose them in no time and every person lost counts in the long run right so it takes that every person one person every day for you to go from 20000 followers to no followers at, at all right so it it will take no time so that sense of responsibility has to be there towards your followers and towards the kind of value that you're providing
1: in a way to completely shift from bear completely shift from their job to something like this venture, what do they do? Do they have to have something prepared in advance? Or is what is the kind of necessary preparation that one has to do?
2: My decision is simple. If you like my advice to this is always playing it safe, because I'm also when I'm saying this you know, on a platform that a bro- that is a broadcast platform and that's not a one-on-one. Like, I'm not giving this advice to you, Deekshit, right? I'm, I'm saying this for everyone. I always also want to recognize that not everybody comes from the same level of privilege that, say, you and I do. So, my advice to them has always been that if you're able to make at least 80% of your salary as content creation, that's when you quit your job. So that you don't end up because if you're not able to do that suppose you quit your job then you started content creation three months you're not able to do that you go back to a job you will never be able to come back to content creation you will not be able to convince yourself I'm not talking about entry barriers or anything just yourself you will be traumatized with that entire incident so it's better to be over prepared than sorry
1: yes so now let's come back to the uh, you know, content creation and I think you have written a lot of uh, content for a lot of brands and when you design a lot of brands, these days one thing is most uh, you know, taking over the industry is AI, but when you speak of content creation and writing in general, I feel content itself comes from a sense of authenticity and observation from the society and it has to be extremely relatable and you know it should touch an uh, individual that is the only good piece of content that will go out there but there is there are clients that you know chat and you know artificial intelligence like ChatGPT gpt and any other tools that are coming will have you know will have them replaced in future so one thing one how does one uses such ai technology to their benefit or will it actually happen like you know will it will chat gpt replace content creators in
2: future um, a few of them a section of them not all of them the section that will be wiped out is the section that will that is not creating a niche for, for themselves in the sense that when i write a copy or when i design an ad um so this happens right when i i made something and to one of my mentors who does not is not very active on instagram somebody sent him this creative without my logo okay and he looked at it and he said, this has Pranatha written all over it. It did not have my name, it did not have my logo, it did not have anything. But every good writer has a writing style which is very distinctly recognizable. So you can very easily recognize what is something that's written by a Prasoon Joshi or what is something that's written written by a Piyosh they have that sense of nuance in their language. If you don't have that, if you're just doing copy paste work where which anybody and everybody can do, you will definitely be wiped out by AI because it does not take as much time.
1: I think when we spoke last time, you were uh, mentioning the Bible, uh, the copyright Bible, something.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And whoever uses these Bibles and whoever you know incorporates such a you know copy paste method, it is a uh, tough game for them but whoever is genuinely into the into the crack who are genuinely or you know creative in their own way it's just going to help them in, in in the long run
2: yeah i mean if you are five years into content creation if you've been creating content or you know writing uh, as a copywriter as a content writer for five years make ChatGPT gpt do your menial work the research work that you do make it make it do it save your time if you're just starting out stay away from it don't use it at all because in my starting years i remember that for at least i'm saying for the for the first 5 years it used to happen that when i'm researching something i come across information that i would have had no idea about if i were not researching about this topic so for example i'm i have no interest in cars right in in my agency job i used to write for sachi uh, i used to write for Renault. And at the same time, I had a car, uh, I had a car parts company called Viroc. Which supplies car parts to all your Mercedes, BMWs and Audis of the world. So, at that point, I I still had no interest in cars. But at that point, the kind of information that I got from there and, you know, the the kind of things that I got to know through which I got even more ideas, I would have never gotten if somebody just, Served me that information on a plate.
1: This is like, you know, when... Uh, actually, this is true. Because when when there is so much pieces of content uh, uh, on media and everything, even if we had taken 10 years to learn something, and if we just, you know, put, see a person put it out there in just one minute video, we tend to ignore it. And we'll be like, hey, it's just another reel. But we don't know what the effort has been, you know, put into that reel. And as you mentioned, you know, how much important it is, for a content creator to incorporate all this. When a content creator, uh, you know, kind of incorporate all this and, you know, creates a design, right? And can you tell me what is the role of a good design in terms of branding? Because recently in your video, I think you spoke about Nokia's new branding and how cleverly it was done and how cleverly the fonts go with all the other, you know, designs. What's the role of a good design in terms of branding?
2: It's very, very important. Um, For example, now, it makes your brand recognizable without putting in more money. Today, if I see a Zomato ad, I will instantly know it's a Zomato ad without looking at the logo. If I see a Bumble ad holding, I will know that it's a Bumble holding. The distinction that's created is created through brand design. So, how apart from your logo, apart from your colors, how does your brand talk? What is the tonality of your brand? How does your brand look? Right? So that differentiates a lot. Tomorrow, if you see, for example, Bumble and Ikea have very similar colors. Tomorrow, if I put two creatives side by side and say, one is a Bumble ad, one is a Ikea ad, just tell me which one is which. You'll be able to recognize it very easily, even if I remove all the products and logos. Just by the tonality that they have. IKEA will have a very cocky and, um, you know, smart, smarty pants sort of a tonality. Bumble is a very, very humble brand. Like it's, it's too uh, supportive, empowering, etc. Right? You will figure that the way they write, the way their fonts are placed, the way their fonts look, everything contributes a lot to the, to the emotion they invoke in you.
1: Yes, there's a lot of psychology involved in even in designing.
2: Yeah, even in the smallest of things, you will not even realize. Like you can, the same with how people did. Right, they looked at the Nokia logo and they're like, "What is this? Why did they do this?" Because people don't like change. When Grofers changed to Blinkit, everyone was like, "Oh my God, Grofers has been for such a long time." Some days back, I ordered, I, I keep ordering from Blinkit very, very regularly, right? Now, I ordered on my door, the security sent me a notification on my app saying a person from Grofers First wants to enter. And I was just like, who, who is Grofers? First? What is Grofers? And then it hit me. I was like, oh, no, Blinkit was earlier Grow First. Now it's Blinkit. And that's happened through communication. You've been seeing them all over social media. You've been seeing them create holding ads of everything. So, for a brand to change it this quickly, you have to put in efforts. Rebranding has an entire campaign that has to be done. You can't just rebrand and leave people.
1: Yes. In in terms of, uh, you know, designers and a uh, good designers, this, this is a question from their perspective. And tell me how much... Uh, good designers are needed in this industry right now how much uh, how much do you think this profession holds is important in the terms of entire big game in terms of marketing and everything because everything comes back to a simple design where you know in terms of Nokia that was created by somebody who was very creative and that went on and that was published and marketed everywhere but tell me what is the need and importance of a good designer for a brand or a business or anybody in that case for a who's starting a venture?
2: In terms of uh, the requirement in the industry, it's insane. Every person who's now starting a business has, you know, started to realize the importance of a good logo. Even the smallest person who will have a budget of like 15,000 rupees will come to me and say, I need a logo, otherwise my brand will not work. That is the perception building that has happened now. So, there's a lot of scope in the industry Um, in terms of where the role that they play in the bigger scheme of things is if you remove the design angle of things, 90% of the brands would not even be recognizable to you. Secondly, you will not read 99% of copy if you can't see a good design. You will just not because it's boring. True.
1: So, in order to have, you know, such... Or, to be called as a good designer, in that case, what do you think that one has to you know learn one has to you know develop and upskill for themselves?
2: One is you need to know like as a good designer, you need to know the trends that are going on in the industry. You need to know um what kind of brands are being built. So, for example, I'll see a lot of new designers who are coming out of college now who are still in the hangover of minimalism. And they are not realizing that minimalism was the in thing five years back. Now it's not. Right. Um, And they see minimalism very differently. So one is people need to start realizing that the Indian education system, what they're teaching us in colleges and what's happening in the industry are two completely different things. They are the opposite they are the exact exact opposite then
1: how do you fill this gap
2: this can only be done through professional experience you do internships when you're in college there is no other option so think about it like this right you're giving your college about in any good college i'm assuming there would be about two 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 and a half to three lakhs a year right that's the that's the at least the salary correct Now, think of it like this. You're giving them that money. But when somebody is giving you enough experience, you're thinking of it as, "Ah, why will I do an internship for 5,000 rupees? But you're not realizing that you've just given somebody 1 lakh or 2 lakh rupees without anything in return. But this person who's ready to train you.
1: Oh, when actually somebody is ready to teach you the industry yeah. industry knowledge, we t- tend to underestimate them because of the money that we are being, getting paid and neglect the experience. Oh, that is something I never looked into it.
2: And you also, see, you also don't see it as, see, now the thing is, most of these college kids have come to us, right? They don't have anything to bring to the table. Nothing. So, this money that I'm paying you is also happening out of my ethics. So, because right now, if you, if I were to hire a full-time employee, and a lot of college kids will come to me and be like, hire me full-time. I'm like, okay, what are your expectations? And give me 30,000. I was like, okay, I'll give you 30,000 very easily. Okay, I have no problems. Any company works on a model where they need to make at least 3 to 5x in the in the scale of companies that i am talking about 3 to 5x from an employee in terms of their salary so for example if i'm paying you 30000 you at least need to give me 1 lakh to 1 lakh 50000 in revenue that's when your salary is justifiable for me right you don't bring anything to the table how will you make me money so you don't know what fonts are good. You don't know. There are designers who have come to us, asked for 30,000. They don't know that people don't use Comic Sans anymore. That information has not reached them. So, you have to look at it as, even when I'm not bringing anything to the table, this person is ready to train me and is also then giving me money.
1: Yes. That's why I think internships, yeah. That's why many of the industry professionals who we meet today, They'll be like, you know what, just do an internship. I, even I personally didn't realize until you tell this because, yeah, we pay money and go to college and learn nothing of industrial knowledge. But when on uh, the other hand, we can do an internship and learn a lot of uh, things about the industry like this.
2: And the kind of clients that you get to work with, interact with, like imagine a person who's just found out of, or, or is in college right now working on a brand like Make My Trip. People don't get to do this with 5 years, 6 years of experience also. And you're troubling me about increase my stipend to this and that. And I'm, I'm also of the opinion where I have done this in my company. Where somebody joined us at the stipend of 8,000. Next month, their salary was 25,000. Because they got me the value that I was looking for. So companies don't, they're not. You know, we're always looking for good people, so we're also ready to compensate for the same. But I don't have a money tree where I, which I just shake and get money. So I'm not going to throw it around just like that on people.
1: Yes. So in order, uh, I think all of this conversation started because how to be a good, uh, uh, you know, designer or good professional in your particular field. So coming back, obviously, there's YouTube, there's Instagram. And when you go on such platforms, whether to learn design or to do anything in that case, there are n number of people trying to teach you so many things. You just don't know who to learn from, who not to learn from, what to watch, what not to watch. How do you filter this out and how this process even works? You know, as a beginner, when I want, if I want to learn something, there is hundreds of teachers. Like if I open YouTube right now, there will be hundreds of people who are trying to teach me many things. But who should I learn from? It sometimes gets overwhelming for me also in that case. So how do you sort of, you know, get this process done, like, you know, learning of things and skills?
2: So, see, um, if I have to speak about now when I learn a new skill, it's much easier for me because I have industry experience. So it's easier for me to cut it out with that filter. But if I speak about it from a beginner's perspective, Learn from see YouTube, Instagram, everything is free knowledge. There are people on the internet spending their own time to give you knowledge for free. We could not as as a student, you could not have been living in a better time than this. There cannot be a better time. So you have to look at it as I am you you listen to ten people, right? When you learn when you're learning that, try to apply that to whatever you're trying to do. So for example, if you're trying to do 3D art, try to apply that and see if I wanted to create, say um, an ad for cred tomorrow, how would I do do that knowing what I know in 3D art? right? See that and see whose techniques are helping you the most you'll automatically be able to figure who you're more attracted or inclined towards. The style that you like more, the the personality that you like more. You'll be able to figure it very easily if you just try applying.
1: In a way, if you follow the niche of the teacher and if that niche matches with yours, he's the right person to teach you the said stuff. Great. So, I think, I think uh, you know, I need to entertain you now, so I have one game uh, planned for you, <laughs> because that's a pretty long conversation what we had right now, yeah, so I have one game planned for you as a designer and a marketer yourself, what I want you to do now is I'm going to give you two brands, okay, and one thing what you want, what I want you to do is choose one brand out of these two, and you have to tell me why do you choose these brands, and w- whether it is because of their marketing approach or design approach or just by the product itself, so... So first thing would be, of course, the big uh, Apple and Samsung. Uh,
2: so I am an Apple person. In more for the product. Um, so like I told you, I am not a tech person, right? So I get very confused with hundred spec. If you throw a hundred specifications at me, I will, I will cry. I will just be like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do this anymore, right? So, Apple gives me, I feel like in the Apple universe, I personally feel like I have everything that I want. So, anything that I want to do, I know how to do. And it's very easy, easily accessible. All the things like of the universe can go together very well. I don't have to work hard for it. Um, That's why I chose Apple. Not as much because of their communication. Um, Yeah, but mostly because of the, yeah mostly because of the products that they've created
1: yeah moving on to the next one if you have to choose uh you know a platform you know where you have to learn who which one would you choose a google or instagram
2: i would choose a google because i'm more of a i'm i'm more into thorough research myself um so google gives me the platform to do that whereas instagram will give me curated information
1: yeah Actually, so if you have to choose between mama earth and minimalist, I think these two are much in the light brands. So if you have to choose between mama earth and minimalist, which one would be your choice based on their brand product and their positioning in the market?
2: Minimalist for sure, any day. One, because, okay, this is going to sound very stupid when I as an advertiser say it. I am annoyed with Mama Earth advertising now. I am done. like any influencer I hear saying, Mama Earth, I cringe so hard because they have their influencer marketing strategy has been catch hold of everybody, whether relevant or irrelevant, and make them speak about a product inorganically.
1: Do you think overdoing of the advertisement is also cringe sometimes?
2: Yeah. It is after a point. What's happening? Fog is happening. Became so annoying because it was like, okay, stop, enough. Like how much? How much can I listen to this? And even in terms of the positioning, branding, minimalist is a much better brand. Uh, Compare. I'm not talking about the products at all. Just in terms of the information that it's giving me, I feel if. If minimalist products, you know, are kept on my shelf and somebody enters my house, I would not like feel like showing, uh, you know, I would not feel like hiding it. With Mama Art, I might just do that. Why is that? Just because of the perception that I have in the brand, like in my head for their branding, for their communication. I'm just like, you're too much of my mom's kind of a brand. You're not my kind of a brand.
1: Yes. Moving on to the next one. There is... Uh... In, in terms of service and in terms of marketing branding, again, uh, with their, the business approach that they use, will you choose Mintra or Amazon? Which one would be your choice of brand?
2: Um, Mintra. I feel like the user experience there is so much better than Amazon.
1: Yes, I agree with you.
2: Right, so Amazon feels like a grocery store where the owner doesn't know what is kept where, but Mintra feels like a supermarket
1: yes and also the way they present is also really good
2: yeah yeah it's easy for your eye you feel like interacting with the app whenever i'm on amazon i am thinking about when i will be able to leave this app and go back to my phone but when i'm on mintra i feel like i want to i want to see more things
1: yes presentation is really good so yeah i think that's about all uh with the brands and right now i have one last question before i let you go and obviously, I understand this is Saturday evening uh, for you too.
2: Exclusive.
1: See, <laughs> having what you've done, and you know, starting mad, mad Adberman and the agency that you've done, and from a girl, I don't know where your journey started, but today you are in a very good position. And in a way, to come here, how did you handle the criticism, the failures, and I'm pretty sure the journey wasn't that easy. I'm pretty sure because when yeah, as content creators, as, as somebody who's involved in art and marketing, there's a lot of ups and downs, obviously. So, how did you deal with all this failures, criticisms, and how did you take uh, as a public figure now, right now, who you are? How do you how do you think that these things affect you, and how do you sort of overcome it in a way?
2: Um, so there were there have been like a lot of failures. So my coping mechanism is mostly talking about it it has never been keeping it to myself, whether it's talking about it to my followers, um, whether it's talking about it to my friends, family, whoever, if I dish it out once, then I'm good. Then I'm like, okay, now this is done. So because if I've spoken to you about it, for example, right, in my head, how things work is, now this is done on to the next thing. This is over. So for example, if I've like, I'm built in a way where if I've spoken to you about it, and then in the evening, I suppose I had a problem this morning, okay? And I spoke to you about it, and I told you everything about how I'm feeling about it, how this is affecting me, what I'm thinking, what's going on in my head. In the evening, if my husband comes over, and he's asking about, okay, what happened with that? I just be like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm done. It's gone. I don't feel so strongly about it anymore.
1: Yes. And obviously, uh, have you know having a family and having to manage a lot of things, being a woman for yourself. How do you handle this agency? There is uh, your page, and then there is you as a marketer. How do you manage to run the show?
2: Uh, most of the times is just one thing after the other. So with the personal life aspect of things, I do not work after six forty-five. I don't take work calls. I I will only work if I want to, if I feel excited about an idea where I want to create something for man or woman. I will never take a client call. I will never work on a deck. I will never work on a presentation. Nothing. That time is for what Pranita wants to do. Right? Um, in terms of the work, I have a very good team. So they take care of a lot of things for me in the agency side of things. So I'm mostly there to like, basically literally just run the show and just be like okay I what is happening with you what is happening with you what is happening with you like that right and uh, content creation right now I'm enjoying it a lot which is why I'm able to keep at it um once I stop enjoying it we'll see who knows
1: are you planning something in aspects of content creations for your future or for your page
2: Um, A lot of things so there are a lot of things that I want to just bring to people in terms of so like I said right I don't want anybody to be a professional orphan like I was so anything that I feel that okay anything where I realize that okay this is a problem that people are facing this is a question that they have that nobody is there to answer I will jump and I'll be like I'll do this for you don't worry I'm here. So there are a lot of things that we have figured out in the last six months, and uh, I'm going to work towards that and be like you know probably try to solve those things and in the middle of all of it also find some fun things to do for myself.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the show and everything that you've told us, right from content creation to facing it you know facing a lot of uh, such what happens in this industry and everything. And what you told about internship, man, seriously, I'm I that has made me, you know, completely look uh, internship in a completely different way. And guys, I think you should do it too. Hi, Karen And <laughs> thank you so much for coming on a Saturday evening and doing this. No problem. Anyhow, once again, thank you so much.
2: Same here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Hey folks, hope you liked the episode and I definitely learned a lot about content creation and everything that goes into it. And next time, if somebody is offering an internship, take it.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Marketeers podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and review. This helps us reach more listeners and bring you more great content. And don't forget to follow us on social media for even more insights and updates. Until next time, this has been the Marketeers Podcast.